Hey, listener, you found us. I'm Christina. And I'm Michelle. And you're listening to Pop In, a writer's oasis. So we are talking about writer's block today, what it is, our experience with it, and what to do about it. So this idea for this episode came from a piece from John Dufresne's work, The Lie That Tells the Truth. And he's a chapter in there entitled Writing Around the Block in which he has some pretty harsh words for people who claim they have writer's block. And at first I was a little offended, but I think you might actually be onto something. So we'll jump into that in a second. But Michelle, just to begin, what do you define writer's block as and what is your experience with it? Well, I would define writer's block simply as the inability to write in a moment of time. And Granted, writer's block can kind of be, the definition of writer's block can be extended to cover other aspects of writing, but that's my definition. A hopefully brief period of time when a writer cannot write anything at all. I like the optimism there. Hopefully (laughs) brief period. Yeah. Hopefully very, very brief. Yes. I think that's unfortunately something completely unavoidable as a writer. Uh, But I think that's a great definition. It's something where... You just, the words aren't coming. Yeah, and your mind is a blank. And my experience with it, honestly, it feels like a on and off relationship <laughs> at times. Toxic. Uh, yeah. I mean, writer's block for me has always manifested itself as perfectionism, which not only affects my writing, but also in different areas of my life. But writer's block has always been a tricky thing for me. Because usually when I write, I kind of just try to let the words flow. But, you know, the perfectionism kicks in and it's like, oh, no, I, I can't. I can't write this first draft. It needs to be perfect from the get go. And so naturally that kind of pushes me to not write as much and even think about quitting the, the story. Um, and so for me, writer's block kind of becomes like a domino effect where I feel that block i can't write i get frustrated i take a break i don't do anything for a couple weeks i do other stuff and my writing lags behind and that only gets me more frustrated because i feel like i'm not being productive and so the circle continues i think something else you mentioned earlier about like perfectionism yes is really relatable and i can relate to it and i'm sure people who are listening can relate to it and at one point he has this line We think if I don't start, then I can't fail. Mm -hmm. I don't like sit down with, you know, the pin in my hand or my fingers hovering over the keyboard and think this has to be perfect. But I do think at a more micro level, like, okay, what's the best word I can say? Mm -hmm. Or does this sentence convey the exact emotional impact I want to have? And then I get stuck, you know, perseverating on one phrase or one word or one idea and So it's not me sitting there going, this has to be perfect, consciously. But Mm -hmm. subconsciously, absolutely, I am looking to create this masterpiece. Yeah. So this idea of, like, perfectionism, I think for a lot of people isn't, you know, happening like, I want to be perfect right now. Mm -hmm. But more so, like, as you're writing, as you you your hands are hovering above the keyboard and you're like, okay, what am I going to do next? Mm -hmm. And you are searching for that perfect thing to say. And then I get so caught up in that that I fall into like writing paralysis. So it's not 
so much like this conscious desire to be perfect. But I think on a subconscious level, a lot of us, as we are writing, take these little micro um, moments of perfectionism. And then it kind of does it, as you mentioned, like a domino effect. It kind of perpetuates itself where, you know, you get that one sentence down and you're like, okay, well now what's the next best thing I can say for this sentence? Mm -hmm. And then you just get stuck in this heap and goo of words. Yeah. And you put so much pressure on yourself that it does take the fun out of writing. And then you kind of lose the momentum and, you, you know, perfectionism, like it is impossible to achieve perfectionism. Yeah. Uh, also, not everybody's going to like what you write. 100%. People are going to be like, oh, I she should have said this instead of that. Yeah. And so really you're fighting this uphill, impossible battle to win that's completely self-imposed. And then it prohibits you from actually getting anything done. So I absolutely do struggle with writer's block. Uh, Specifically, I think when I'm working on like a larger piece, um, you know, with poetry, not so much because I'm somebody who does not outline. And so for poetry, I have the idea, I write it, and then I can go back and edit it, Mm. which there you go, right? That's the key is just getting something on paper and then editing it. Yeah. But when I'm writing like, a novel or something longer form, um, I it takes longer to get that on paper. And so then I start to edit it before it's even done. Because I look mm. back, I'm like, ooh, is this what I wanted to say? Yeah. Like, oh, no, that's not exactly the thought I had. So let me fix this now, and then I'll get to the rest of it later. But what ends up happening is as I'm fixing that first part, I get bored. I'm like, ah tired of this and because it's not something I can achieve you can't achieve perfection and so then I get stuck editing that first part and never get to the rest of the story because you know the I get stuck on the first part yeah so that is my experience with writer's block it is something that I have absolutely struggled with and I have definitely viewed it as like I think especially in my younger years I viewed it as this um, mystical, almighty power that is completely unavoidable. And it's like, um, oh, I'm a writer. I've got writer's block. Yeah. But now, and especially after reading this piece by John Dufresne, I'm like, oh, you know what? I might have more control over this situation than I thought I did. I just need to figure out what works and how can I get over the hurdles. So it's not magical, mystical writer's block. It is Christy needs to sit down and mm. figure out what the problem is and how can I fix the problem. Yeah. So whether that problem is accepting that I cannot be perfect or figuring out what my problem is with the character and why am I having a struggle writing them, you know, actually addressing what the root problem is rather than this mystical power. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's it's where we make writer's block this abstract um like creature that has influence over us when really we're a lot more in control than we think right yeah i think you know it's so john dufresne he does not have he does not um mince words he is very direct and he is like get over yourself (laughs) you know writer's block is just you not being able to write like that is a you problem not a 
beast. This like he's beast. not he's not afraid to lay the accusation on on, <laughs> on your at your feet. <laughs> he's very direct. And when I first read this, when you first told me about this guy, and you know he has this idea about writer's block being fake, I'm like, that is rude. I'm offended. <laughs> I have absolutely experienced writer's block. And then when I read it, I was like, you know, I think he's onto something. Mm. There is definitely. I have more power over writer's block than I thought I did. Yeah. And so reading his words and really just getting into that idea of, okay, I have control over the situation and what can I do to control the situation, I think has been really helpful and beneficial, even just in the last month since I read this piece um, in working through some problems with my own stories where I get bored and I start something else. One thing that John Dufresne talks about, and we've talked about this before, you and I, is he has this analogy about the secretary. Yes, the secretary analogy. (laughs) And he says that, you know, writers say that they have writer's block, but a secretary can't say they have secretary block. If they don't show up for work, they're going to get fired. And this is the one argument that he says that I don't necessarily agree with because not every writer is writing to get paid. Yeah. And not every writer who wants to get paid is going to get paid. You're kind of front-loading the work with no guarantee that, you know, it's going to get published or that you're going to get a paycheck from this or what that paycheck is going to look like. Yeah. And so I think in that sense, it is harder than, you know, um, being a secretary where you clock in and you have a guaranteed income. Mm-hmm. You know, in two weeks – you know you're going to get a paycheck. As a writer, in two years, you might get a paycheck. Yeah, with the secretary, there's that financial stability that you don't really find with the writer. Um, so I find I find that analogy to be faulty at best. Mm-hmm. And fundamentally, I just don't think it's a fair comparison. Um, you know, with the secretary, they get a biweekly check, Right. They go in, they do the work and like they clock out and that's it. But with the writer, uh, you know, it takes a much it takes a lot longer for them to get paid if they're striving to get paid for the writing to begin with. Yeah, absolutely. I've had writer's block about I mean, I'm journaling about uh, what I did in a day and I'm like, oh, what was I doing or what was I thinking? Like, yeah. So you can experience writer's block even when you're not expecting to get paid or even hoping to get paid from it. My my issue with the analogy, like I said, it's it's not a fair comparison um, because writing, especially as a as a paid career, it's not stable. Um, if you want a stable job, get an office job. Yeah, secretary. Be a secretary. Yeah, is you know being a writer doesn't guarantee any financial, uh, you know, stability. Right. Right. If anything, the opposite. It almost guarantees financial instability. Exactly. Yeah, it promises the opposite. And I feel like Dufresne, he doesn't take that into consideration. And granted, this essay was published a while ago. Yeah, 2004. 2004, different times. 20 years ago. <laughs> you know, a different time, you know, for everybody. And so now it's a bit different. It's a, it's a different landscape now, especially for writers, um, with the rise of AI, right, and outsourcing writing writing jobs, right. 
it's it's a completely different ball game now. So mm-hmm. having writer's block, if anything, I feel should be more sympathized rather than you know because it's so it's so easy to to denigrate somebody, especially a writer, for having writer's block. Like, how is it that right. you can't do your job, right? And it's already bad enough that writers get a lot of flack <laughs> for wanting to make a career out of writing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't help them by completely putting them down more because they're struggling with trying to produce any writing. What strategies have you found helpful in combating writer's block? Thankfully for me, writer's block has become more rare. But usually when I do get the rare case of writer's block, I usually try to be more compassionate towards myself. You know, I try not to really put myself down like, oh, really, Michelle, you can't write one paragraph for your story, really? Um, (laughs) And so um, I usually try to kind of just be like, okay, well, why? I try to talk myself through it. Like, why can't you not write this scene? And I try to kind of figure out the source of that frustration. And usually I figure it out. Maybe I need to take a nap. Maybe I'm just a bit too tired and I just don't have like the energy to to write or maybe um i need to drink some water (laughs) maybe i'm dehydrated and my brain is more concerned about that than writing anything right now i feel like as arizona writers we are all a little dehydrated yes yes always drink water people yes Uh, other times i try to listen to music that really helps helps to set the mood helps to set the tone of my story and recently i started to light scented candles candles whose smells i feel like pertain to my story you know kind of like um, like immerse yourself in the world yeah yeah um i do for studying as well to kind of tell my brain all right time to study you know kind of like um pavlov's um pavlov's dog yeah yeah to kind of like pavlov yourself (laughs) into writing pretty much yeah you know but it sets the mood because i turn off like my lamp and i light up the candles and it's like this nice ambiance right like oh i'm like that. i'm like i'm like a scribe trying to write the story right you know and i try to like i try to like bring that feeling to life like that excitement to write the story i like that idea yeah. of like role-playing yourself into writing yeah i used yeah. to do um, i know it sounds like so childish but it's like it's that it's it's that it's like giving that chance to your inner child to play around like that and yeah. like really just have fun with it. <laughs> so I was doing kickboxing for a while and I was also really into the show Supernatural at the time. Ah. And so I would pretend I was like beating up monsters. Yeah. As I was, and it just made it more fun because yeah. it was like, you know, I was in my little head about this world I created where I was you know, training to go fight the monsters with yeah. you know, Sam and Dean Winchester. I'm really selling myself out as a nerd here, but... <laughs> Yeah, I think that can be done for writing too, and I hadn't thought about that. So, I'm I'm actually really excited after talking to you today about going home and being like, "What world do I want to build in this? You know, yeah. in my office." Yeah. So I love that idea of like role playing yourself as a writer, being like, "Yeah, you know, today, January tenth, twenty twenty four, I sit down to write. I scribe. You know, just the night is dark. The night is dark. <laughs> no moon to shine upon its light." <laughs> that's beautiful you yeah that. it's it's oh, there we go but yeah it's it's something where i feel like making it so lifeless the whole writing mm-hmm. process it takes away the fun and it's like 
for some writers, I feel like their imagination plays a huge part in the writing process. So it's like, why not extend that imagination to the writing process and make yourself excited to write? You know, writing, our, when we write, we are affected by our environment. You know, some writers like to write in their office or maybe they go to a cafe or they go to a library, right? Depending, you know, how, how they feel. Right. So I feel like if you really add a more imaginative aspect to the writing process, writer's block becomes more rare. I like that idea of adding the fun back into writing because I do think for a lot of people, they start writing young. Like I remember writing in elementary school and my friend and I would carry these journals around and we were sure that we were going to be like the next big, you know, famous American authors. Ah. <laughs> and we would write on the playground. And like looking back, what we were writing probably wasn't like the best thing ever. Mm. But to us it was because there was no consequence. Yeah, You know, we had so much fun with it. And we were writing about, you know, being pop stars and these horses that we had, you know, and these completely made up scenarios. But it was yeah. really fun. And then we got a little bit older and it was this idea, right, where like if you're going to be a writer, it has to be for money and you have to make a lot of money from it. And it took that, it zapped that fun out of it. So I think adding that fun back in and unconsequenting the the writing process, like not making there be this huge, big, bad consequence if you aren't successful, takes that pressure off. And then it adds the fun in, and then it's something that you want to do. Yeah, it's... Versus it's, feeling like a chore. Yeah, I feel like, especially writers who uh, major in creative writing and go to college where, you know, we have to write the essays and we have to write the reports and the writing becomes so dry, it becomes flakes off the paper. And as we get older, um, we become more serious, more mature. We kind of lose that fun that we had when we were younger. So I think by bringing back that fun, however that fun comes to you it will help in preventing writer's block because I feel like the majority of the time writer's block comes from perfectionism from high expectations or you bought into this idea that writing needs to be a certain way how you write needs to be a certain way and if you can't fulfill that perceived role you're not a writer one of the things he mentions he mentions too in this piece is this idea of if you're experiencing writer's block, what you're really experiencing is a problem with your story. Mm. And I think that's what you were touching on there, where it's like, you know, maybe you don't know what your character wants or you don't understand their motivation yeah. or you haven't fully, you know, flushed out what this side character's purpose is or it's not organized. So for me, I think something that's really helpful is I use screenwriting software to write screenplays, but it can also be used to help organize thoughts when writing fiction. Specifically, you know, when you're doing a screenplay, you typically have like on the right side of your screen the actual parts that you're writing. And then on the left side, you have kind of a breakdown of each scene. Mm -hmm. So it'll be like, you know, interior, podcasting room, daytime, right? And so being able to just see an overview of each scene really quickly has been helpful because if I get to a part where I'm like, oh man, I really wish I could add some symbolism or, you know, foreshadowing in that first scene yeah. to lay that groundwork for what's coming up later, it makes it easy to jump back over there and add it because mm. you can see the 
overview of the story. Mm, okay. So you can see each scene and a little header for each scene. And then you just go in and you're like, okay, that's that scene. I know where to find it. I'm just going to jump over there. Versus if you have like one giant Word document, it's hard to be like, oh, okay, was was that on page five that I was talking about that yeah, or page six? It's easy to get lost with the Word document compared to like uh, a software that helps you break it down into scenes. Yeah. Uh, which is funny you mentioned that because uh, I use Scrivener to, oh, to do writing. Okay. And so I've learned that I can write really well if I break my chapters into scenes or my short stories into scenes. So like little bits and pieces and then I put them together like a puzzle by the end of it, right? I like that idea of like making it digestible. Yes, yeah. Versus like sitting down and being like, all right, here we go. Crack the knuckles. I'm going to time to write the next great American novel. Yeah. You know, but actually making it digestible for you. Like, okay, you're not going to write the story. You're not going to write a 300-page novel in one just, day. Yeah, no, yeah. You know, so just giving yourself that permission, that self-care, self-compassion to be like, today it's enough. Yeah. Whatever I get down on paper, that's great. You know, tomorrow I can come back and look at it again. You know, full disclosure, you and I have been in the studio now for about an hour and a half recording, and we were struggling in the beginning. Yes. And we, we jokingly were like, we have podcasters block right now where we have this idea but we can't get it out yeah. and we're struggling for our words we're losing our train of thoughts losing our train of thoughts <laughs> and one of the things that john dufresne says in his book is you can't you know edit the blank page basically right and we kind of had that realization here too where it's like you can't edit a podcast if you don't have a podcast yeah so we just needed to work through it and we did get through it even though it was difficult <laughs> And now we're on the other side of it. And hopefully when I sit down to edit this, we will have a coherent podcast. For some reason, I just want to talk about other stuff other than writer's block. Me too. Absolutely. I do too. It's like that day of like, let's talk about random stuff. Let's just switch gears yeah. and talk about whatever well, else. It's funny because I think right now we have this pressure to create this podcast. Self-imposed, right? Sure, yeah. But... You know, you and I were talking earlier about other things. We're like, oh, I can't wait to record this episode. Last week, yeah. you were like, I can't wait to record the writer's block episode. <laughs> I know, yeah. And it's kind of like the self-fulfilling. It's very meta right now because I do think we're struggling because we've, I don't know, put this pressure on the topic and yeah. we want it to be perfect and we want to say the right thing. And, you know, it's not going to be perfect. But I know that if we just get what we want out there, I can piece the parts together and I can yeah. edit it later. But if we don't say anything right now, then we're not going to have a podcast. And then that idea of perfectionism. You know, he talks about this theory of perfectionism and wanting to get just the right words and just the right thing and just the right ideas down on paper. And that is what often creates writer's block. Mm -hmm. you know, it's not this mystical thing that writers suffer from, this you know, neurological ailment. Yeah. It's really this self-imposed problem. We are in control of it even though we don't want to be in control of it. But, you know, it is something that is in our power to fix. So if this comes out as a coherent podcast, I do think it is a testament to the idea that you just have to get something out there and then you can work on the editing later. So to kind of conclude this topic, Michelle, <laughs> do you have any last words? Last words? Well, parting wisdom. Parting wisdom. Well, in my 24 years of life on this planet, <laughs> if 
if you can count that as wisdom. Uh, I've discovered that writer's block is something that you might have to grapple with for the rest of your writing career, your writing life, your writing journey, however you want to frame it. It's a malevolent spirit that can haunt you. And so I, f- I really urge you to really find what works for you when it comes to overcoming writer's block, how to cope with it, and find ways in which you can make writing fun for you specifically. I love that. I think you know, it's, this essay specifically has definitely changed my view on writer's block mm-hmm. and has kind of taken that mystery out of it where – you know, I have sat there and been like, oh, I have writer's block. Nothing I can do. Oh, well. I'll try again tomorrow. <laughs> Versus, like, this is something that I can address. Mm. I think that has been a frame of mind that has changed for me. Where it's like, okay, what does work for me? Mm. Screenwriting works for me really well. So I can take this tool that I use in screenwriting and apply it to writing stories. Yeah. And so just taking something that does work for me and applying it to the problem. Mm. So that might be exploring the character more, you know, doing a a little side piece where I'm like, okay, let me take this character and have them tell me their worst fear or their favorite childhood memory. Yeah, put them in a room, interview them, and just dissect their character. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So I think that is what has helped me, is just taking tools that have worked elsewhere and applying them to the problem that I have. So figuring out what works for you and what is going to be successful for you, I think is the best way to get over writer's block is to just use what works instead of trying to do it the way you're supposed to do it yeah, or the way that you're taught in school or the way that if you're taking a writing class, they tell you to do it. It's not going to work for everybody. No. You know, each writer is different. Each writer is unique. And what is you know, the textbook thing to do is not always going to be successful for everybody. So just figuring out what works for you as a writer, whether it is using screenwriting software to write a novel, or if it is creating an ambiance with candlelight and, (laughs) you know, this playful imagination, you know, whatever it is, just do it. Mm. Yeah. You know, writing is not a one size fits all. Um, it's really as flexible as you want it to be. And finding, like Christy said, what works for you is going to bring out your writing and help you get over writer's block. Thank you for joining us today. We'll be back on February 7th when we interview the hilarious Elaine Price Lockridge, a comedian and memoir writer. Then again, on February 21st, when Michelle and I will be talking about social media for writers. And a quick shout out to Michelle, who has recently started her very own ex knee Twitter account. You can follow her at OhJustMichelle. You can follow Pop on Instagram at Phoenix Oasis Press or visit the website PhoenixOasisPress.com. Keep writing, keep listening, keep sharing. We'll see you next time.